Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. <coughs> so I was thinking about this class, and I think Lord Ramachandra would agree that really without Sita, there is no Ramayan. <laughs> right? It would be a it would be a really short book if there was no pastimes related to Sita Devi in it. She's, she is, in one sense, the, the central character, of course, along with Lord Ramachandra, in, in the Ramayana, and such an important um, person. So I thought I would first share uh, a verse from the Bhagavatam, from the ninth canto, which is the canto that talks about Lord Ram, and then we'll take it from there. Uh, if you have, so here's the verse. Yoloka vira samitao dhanra asham ugram sita swayam bharadrihe trishato panitam adaya bala jagalila ivekshu yastim sajji kritam nipakrit vikshrishya bhabhanja madhye Jitvanu rupa gunasila payonga rupam sita bhidham shriyam urash yabilabhanan manam marge brajan brigupater ganayat parudham tarpam mahim akrita yastrir arajabhijam and it goes that, O king, the pastimes of Lord Ramachandra were wonderful, like those of a baby elephant. In the assembly where Mother Sita was to choose her husband, in the midst of the heroes of this world, he broke the bow belonging to Lord Shiva. This bow was so heavy that it was carried by 300 men. But Lord Ramachandra bent and strung it and broke it in the middle, just as a baby elephant breaks a stick of sugar cane. About so it says, um, Thus the Lord achieved the hand of Mother Sita, who was equally as endowed with transcendental qualities of form, beauty, behavior, age, and nature. Indeed, she was the goddess of fortune who constantly rests on the chest of the Lord. And maybe before we turn it over to Ananda Vrindavan, we can just have a little transcendental. Can you see that? So this, we'll show this again at the end of the class probably, but this is um, at the installation of the deities. What year was that? 1981. 1981. So this is the Abhishek of Sitaram, Lakshman, and Hanuman uh, that day. In D.C. when they came to our temple at Potomac. Wonderful. And it was around the weekend of Dashera. Uh-huh. And next year will be the 40th anniversary of their installation. Wow. And can you see that now? Did it change? No, it's still the same. Oh, okay. Hold on. Um, 
And then we have this picture. And that's that's yesterday, right? Yes. Yes. So now that they uh, have been installed now almost 39 plus years. And this is uh, their them yesterday. Sitaram Lakshman Hanuman Ki. So, uh, Devi, please talk uh, about uh, Sita Devi. So, one of the reasons Sita is beloved to us is because we have Sitaram Lakshman and Hanuman at our temple, and we all get to have a very individual and special relationship with them. But Sita is beloved on beloved by so many and for so many reasons. She is the heroine of the beloved Ramayana, so well-known and well-loved throughout the world. It's such a remarkable pastime, but it's also such a relatable pastime. And this Lila, this sacred story, when we can relate to something so human in the divine, then it makes it easier for us to love them. It reads like a classic fairy tale. She's the beautiful princess. She wins, her hand is won in marriage by the handsome prince, Ram. Then they're banished to the forest. She's kidnapped. The demons show up. The power of good winning over evil. The story of true love. The adventure. The teamwork when all the animals and practically all the earth were searching for Sita. It really lives into this verse from the Gita where Krishna tells us, O son of Prita, a transcendentalist engaged in auspicious activities, does not meet with destruction either in this world or in the spiritual world. One who does good, my friend, is never overcome by evil. That's chapter 6, text 40. So Sita is also beloved because of who she is. She's beautiful, she's strong, she's brave, she's intelligent, she's kind, she's feisty, she's patient, she's sweet, she's innocent. She displays all these qualities and more in all the right amounts and at all the right times. Vishaka Devi describes Sita in this way. In this way. In the pastimes of Sita Devi, we see the beauty of her character in contrast to the ugly politics that drives her and Ram into exile. We witness how her love for Ram supersedes his duty to her. We see her graceful flexibility in accepting the austerities of the wilderness. We feel her fear of Ravana and admire her intelligence in opposing him. We find her steadfast and patient as Ravana's captive. We see her virtue winning even her vicious guards to her side. We see her ferocious anger towards Ravana, soothed by her meditation, constant meditation on the Lord Ram. We discover that her austerities under the Ashoka tree make her not hard-hearted, but compassionate. All these experiences are harmonized by her unadulterated, unconditional love for Sri Ramachandra. In other words, all of who she is, all of who Sita is, is connected to Lord Ramachandra. Her intention to love and serve him is 
always in the right place. One time Lord Ram said about Sita, I know of her undivided love for me. Indeed, guarded as she is by her own moral power, Ravana could not have violated Sita. And Sita's father-in-law, Dasharat, once told her, your remarkable behavior will earn you a place in history as the most glorious woman the world has ever seen. So those are just a few reason, reasons why Sita Devi is so beloved. Okay, so Nepal, we would also talk about um, Lord Ramachandra and Sita as the ideal husband and the ideal wife. So I'm going to talk about the husband and Ananda will talk about the wife. This is from the, the fifth canto, the 19th chapter, uh, text number five about Lord Ramachandra. And the purport, Prabhupada writes that another aspect of the Lord's instructions is that one who accepts a wife must be a faithful husband and give full protection. Human society is divided into two classes of men, those who strictly follow the religious principles and those who are devotees. Now, just to be clear, Prabhupada's talking there about like real humans, because you could say, wait, there's, there's other groups besides people who are very religious and people who are devotees. But here he's talking about people who are actually taking advantage of the human form of life. So there's some that, that kind of follow the rituals of religious principles and those who are Vaishnavas, devotees. But his, by his personal example, Lord Ramachandra wanted to instruct both of them how to fully adopt the discipline of the religious system and how to be a beloved and dutiful husband. Otherwise, he had no reason to undergo apparent tribulations. One who strictly follows religious principles must not neglect to provide all facilities for the complete protection of his wife. There may be some suffering because of this, but one must nevertheless endure it. That is the duty of a faithful husband. By his personal example, Lord Ramachandra demonstrated this duty. Lord Ramachandra could have produced hundreds and thousands of sitas from his pleasure energy, but just to show the duty of a faithful husband, he not only rescued Sita from the hands of Ravana, but also killed Ravana and all the members of his family. So this is, hmm, there's so many things to say about this. Lord <coughs> Ramachandra is famous for being like Eka Patni Brata, right? The vow of one wife. Now for us these days, we're like, that's, that's a big enough uh, vow already, right? But in ancient times, Chatriyas, such as Lord Ramachandra could have uh, more than one wife, but he took the vow of just having one wife. And through his, through his pastimes, we, we, we know about the, the Leela that, yeah, he had to go through all kinds of trials and tribulations and challenges to save his wife who had been uh, taken by, by Ravana. And sure, if he wasn't married, it would, life would have been a lot easier, right? He wouldn't have had to... Uh, gone through all those trials and tribulations. But one of the lessons, there's so many lessons in the Ramayana, is the way he was such a dedicated husband. Um, it says here that, you know, should not neglect to provide all facilities for the complete protection of his wife. So traditionally, the idea is that that, a, that, the, that is the husband's duty. And so how it 
how it plays today may be, I think, probably different in in details. In you know, I, I look on people who are on this uh, on this call, and a number of us are married, and that may vary about how exactly we are the husband and wife relationship uh, plays out in details. But in principle, the idea of being dutiful uh, and protecting. And let's just say tolerating, because just like you know, my my wife and I have been, um, I guess it's been more than a month now, staying in this house together with very little other association, and just you know, it's 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 with with anyone for that long, there could be some challenges, but uh, but a, a dutiful husband and dutiful wife, they they just uh, they just deal with it, so to speak. And Lord Ramachandra, he didn't lament. Uh, about the situation. Oh man, I, you know, why did I, why did I have her come out to the forest anyway? And I should have done this. I should have done that. No, he just car carried out his duty. And also, Prabhupada says here, not only carried out his duty, but it did it faithfully and uh, and in in a beloved way. Because I think we've talked about this before. I think a number of us are probably of the age, and a lot of us are from India where we remember maybe our grandparents and our grandparents were very sometimes that that generation very dutiful even if they were or not if, if they weren't devotees they just you know you do things because it's meant to be done i remember when we moved to india in the 80s uh, i would meet elderly uh gentlemen and ladies who had that idea of just you know something is meant to be done i don't care about my happiness my distress it's the right thing to do i do it so that is one side of being dutiful in a in a marriage relationship as a husband. There's no question of not doing what we're supposed to do in that relationship here, being uh, protecting and and being dedicated to to our uh, our family situation. So that's one side, and then you add the Vaishnava side to that, and that's where the the idea of beloved and the and and we're so those of us who are married to someone who uh, is also a devotee, then that dutifulness becomes Vaishnava or Vaishnavi Seva. You're actually serving someone who's serving the Lord. And that, as we know from other parts of the Bhagavatam, is the secret of success, right, in spiritual life, is Mahat Sevam Dwara Mahur Vimukhes. We just studied this in the fifth canto, that the, the gate to the spiritual world opens up to someone who serves a devotee so we're very fortunate if our spouse is a, devo a devotee therefore we're not only being dutiful and beloved and and all that but we're also engaging in in direct krishna consciousness so lord ramachandra taught us through this uh the way the ramayan is played out and the way he carries out his duty so wonderfully and so devotedly how to be the ideal husband so take it away, Ananda Mrindavan. Hey, thank you. That was really nice. Well, um, interestingly, uh, faithful is also listed as one of the qualities um, that Mother Sita had. She was, text 55 says she was very submissive, faithful, shy, and chaste, and always understanding the attitude of her husband. Thus, by her character and her love and service, she completely attracted the mind of the Lord. So we can see that just as Lord Ramachandra was uh, really dedicated 
to love and care for Sita with his Eka Patni Vrata. So Sita was also dedicated to love and care for Lord Ram. And um, she was committed to making that relationship work. So what makes that commitment successful? What helps us stay committed? And I will suggest that affection is the key to all relationships, but especially to the marriage relationship where the husband and wife both play their parts to serve and support each other with affection. Whatever the context might be, whether as Sita was the queen in the palace with lots of opulence or as a simple married couple in the forest through good times and through challenges. So I'd like to just spend a minute looking at these words submissive and chaste um, because they're qualities attributed to Sita. And Prabhupada in, an, in another area says, quote, by staying chaste and faithful to her husband, a woman enriches herself with supernatural power. That's a really powerful statement. But I'll say that um, without, the, without affection, sometimes these words uh, submissive and chaste can become cold or forced, a little heartless, or perhaps sometimes as a means of unhealthy control. So when affection is there, Submissive and chaste are beautiful parts of making a relationship work. They include remaining dedicated to keeping the vows of marriage and the commitment to the husband. It means investing in nurturing that relationship, not taking it for granted. It means building trust so the relationship is not filled with tension or fear. You know, you don't need to be right or do it my way or first. And submissiveness and being chaste um, help us understand how each role is important in the relationship, the protector and the protected, and how they show up in different ways and at different times in the relationship. So along with... Sita's affection, she was also, um, she had a very good sense of herself. She was very valued by her father. And so she brought that really healthy sense of self into the relationship. She wasn't needy and she wasn't overly dependent on Lord, Lord Ram, but she wasn't flat or silent as sometimes being submissive might suggest. She spoke about going to the forest. She spoke up. And they discussed it, and she actually went to the forest, even though initially Lord Ramachandra asked her to stay at home. She also really challenged Lakshman while in the forest in her effort to love and support Lord Ram. So she had, she had agency, she had a voice, and she was heard. So I think that a healthy marriage needs both partners to function really well and to work to keep each other safe and supported. Back to you. So when are you going to act, start acting like that? Ha <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, before we go on, we had a couple. We have a couple of other points to uh, talk about uh, in glorification of Sita Devi. But any uh, what questions or comments 
do you have so far, you know, where we've talked about beloved Sita and we talked about Ram as the ideal husband and Sita as the ideal wife and the marriage relationships. Some comments, questions so far? Uh, Eric is asking, where can I read this story? David, you want to answer that? Um, yes, it's in the ninth canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, chapter five, 10, chapter yeah. 10. Uh, and chapter 10 and 11, actually. Yeah. It gives a summary of the story, uh, and Prabhupada uh, makes some beautiful commentaries there. And for a more uh, uh, full version, the Ramayan by Valmiki, specifically by the author Valmiki, is recommended. And uh, who is it? Krishna Dharma Prabhu as a very nice, uh, or is him and there's a few devotees who have written nice books that are summaries of it. Otherwise, the Ramayana itself is an epic, I think, the size of like the Iliad. I mean, it's a big, it's a big book. Not quite as big as the Mahabharata, but very big. Thank you for that question, Eric. Other comments, questions? Eric, Eric makes a good point because we, we just assumed everybody knew, knew this story beginning as we began this topic just because we know it so well and we've been around it for so many times. But if you don't know the story of the Ramayana, it's, it is an extraordinary story. And on the database, which you can just go on the website, database, um, the book by Krishna Dharma is there available to read online. Oh, it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. And wow, we have all kinds of things here. Amy has sent a link to the uh, Bhagavatam 10th can 10th, Canto, Chapter 10. And uh, Sonal has said that there's a Netflix serial on the Ramayana that was filmed in 2012. And now the question is, uh, now here's another, Raghunandam Prabhu has sent a link for the uh, buying the book on Amazon. I assume that's what that is. And D says, how does freedom of will factor in our relationships? Woo! Okay, that'll take the next 10 hours to reply to. <laughs> freedom of will. Maybe we should ask Rukmini to answer that one. Freedom of will factor in our relationships. Well, do you want me to start, baby, or do you want to? Well, just one thing that came to my head was, of course, that's... Um, the beginning of that is the freedom of will that Krishna gives us and that we take into our relationship with him, mm. that he um, endows us with that uh, freedom because you can't have love unless you have that freedom. Love can't be forced. And so that's the original starting point of this, um, of this sense of freedom, of this, right. this ability to choose, right? Right. And if someone says, well, wait a second, why do we have, what do you mean there's free will? Don't we have our karma? Um, and isn't that what rules what happens to us and how we act? Well, the, the example, and I'm sure a number of you have heard this before, but it's just such a nice example that His Holiness Sri Dayanandamaraj gives that if you're going on an airplane, of course, you can't really get on airplanes so easily these days, but normally if you're going on an airplane from here, let's say from Washington to Los Angeles, um, once you're, once the plane is taken off, unless something terrible happens, the plane is destined to go to Los Angeles. 
However, while you're on the flight, you have so much choice. You can talk to the person next to you, you can sleep, you can read the Bhagavatam, you can, uh, you can eat the, a meal that you brought with you. There's so many, you have a variety of things that you can do with your free will, even though maybe there's some destiny there. And so if, there was, if everything was just based on destiny, then we, there was no need for the Bhagavad Gita because the Bhagavad Gita says we should act like this and we should not act like that. Right? So certainly that is, um, so we do have, uh, my wife used the word agency, or we do have that, you know, a lot of freedom within the confines. You know, we, we may not have the freedom just by our desire to be a billionaire today or tomorrow, but we do have a lot of uh, choices that we can make. Now, it may be, it may be that because of a karmic relationship, we may be married to this person or to that person and have a relationship with this person or to that person. That, that might be there. Yet, even with that there, how we behave in that relationship is, is, is an act of our, the, uh, freedom that we have. And Prabhupada would often call it minute freedom because again, like I said, you can't, we don't have a freedom for example, from old age, disease, and death. But we do have certain freedoms to choose, for example, which modes of material nature will be uh, influenced by. Anyone like to add something to that point? It's such an important point. I, I think we don't often um, appreciate what that means, that freedom to choose. And we often... Or we may sometimes set ourselves in a victim role and thinking we have no options. But it's really um, a powerful uh, element of a relationship. And especially if you want to make that relationship work, they, to choose to do things differently, choose to say, I might not be able to change people, but I can change myself. I can choose to wake up and start putting my life in another direction. I can choose to serve Krishna in a certain way. And I think we, uh, I, I think it's just some, it's a, it's a key to value this choice, these, these desires we have. But I think it's something to really value in our own life and celebrate that we have that opportunity, that we've been given that gift of freedom of choice. Yeah. And in a relationship, that means um, it, it often manifests in the small things, not in the big things, you know, just like there's that saying that the things that you do regularly are, have a much bigger impact in your life than the things you do occasionally. So when we catch ourselves replying to our spouse in a certain way that we've always done, we might try to catch ourselves and say, now, is that, is that the kindest way I can reply? Is that the way of a, what was it, a beloved and, res and uh, respectful husband or, 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 or wife? And it's sometimes in those little, that's, that's where a lot of the choices come in. Mm -hmm. Just when, you know, someone says, well, can you do the dishes this time? And how we react to that, oh, geez, okay. Or yes, yes, dear, <laughs> gladly I will do that. We have that, we have that freedom of choice, not only in the activity, but perhaps even more so in, in the, uh, in the mood, in, in, you know, the, uh, intention. If we should be, I was listening to a talk recently. We should be intentional in our dealings with one another. Mm -hmm. 
instead of just allowing the modes of material nature to dictate like we, like maybe we've done it for the last 20 years in our marriage the way i re react to this person uh, that my spouse in this situation or that situation between the stimulus and the response we have a choice and that choice can be guided by well ultimately by guru sadhu and shastra uh <laughs> kishori radha says can you speak to the value of humor in relationships well, my wife doesn't laugh at my jokes, so I can't really speak very much. To it. <laughs> uh, I laughed at that one. Yeah. <laughs> I what, go ahead, Davy. What do you think? Oh, humor is so important. Um, in a, in a relationship, we take each other, we take ourselves far too seriously sometimes. Um, humor helps us not get so offended. Um, just laughter and joy. Um, really help release a lot of stress or tension. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, you know, make sure you find humor uh, in your life so that you can, you know, it's like sunshine, you know. It helps um, soften the edges. Of course, you have to do it carefully. You can't try to be funny when there's a serious conversation going on or there's a serious issue being discussed. But, um, again, it's like to be intentional any relationship needs, like a garden, needs certain elements to help it grow. And so to be intentional, to make sure that you have a good dose of uh, all good things in a relationship to help it become trustful or trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And I think humor is definitely one of those things. And Dee asked this question, that, or makes this, yeah, asked this question, which is really a good one because it leads into maybe the next topic. And something that you and I have discussed, Davy, about it says uh, Lakshman had a responsibility to guard Sita, but he left against his will. How did he balance these seemingly conflicting factors? Mm. Well, I, I I don't remember reading anywhere specifically about how he did that, but you could imagine how torn he was, um, kind of being accused on one hand and following uh, Ram's order on the other hand. And then ultimately, we can also understand that the Ramayana is a lila; it's a pastime. And these are, if that, you know, for example, if that one act hadn't taken place, then just like we said earlier, if there was no Sita, there would be practically no Ramayana. If Lakshman hadn't stopped guarding Sita, uh, certainly the Ramayana again would have been a lot shorter and not as exciting and 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 not with all the different rasas and flavors of the relationships and Sita feeling separation and Ram feeling separation and all those things going on. So I don't know how exactly he balanced those seeming conflicts. If anyone here is familiar with that, please speak up. But it certainly is also was part of the Leela. Can I add Prabhu? Yes, go ahead, Raghunandan Prabhu. I read that part of the book. It made me suffer so much. When yes. he had to, he had to stay, and then he had to go, and yet he was, his character was being questioned, and his intentions. I was just really getting very torn up because, you know, as a warrior, someone's supposed to be here to do their responsibilities. You've got someone like yelling in your ear, telling you to do something different, and you're just like, all right, fine, I'll do what you say just to come stop yes. you <laughs> from. Crowd. That, that's good. That that shows that it, the drama. Worked on your heart. So, Reverend Anderson is going to give us some insights, I think. Um, yes, yeah, as uh, it was pointed out, 
uh, Lakshman did not want to uh, forsake his uh, uh, duty because the order was given by Ram to safeguard Sita. But the words that, that were uh, mentioned by Sita to Lakshman it left him no scope but to obey her orders in that instant. So he goes to goes after Ram. And then Ram is looking at him, what are you doing here? I gave you a specific instruction to protect Sita. Now I see so many uh, ill omens and I'm pretty sure that Sita is in danger. Mm -hmm. So when they come back, Sita is missing. And Ram accuses Lakshman of violating his instruction. And now Lakshman is caught between uh, two difficult situations and but still he doesn't hold any grudge against Sita, mm. he doesn't hold any grudge against Ram. He simply takes to the mode of service. Even at that position, he is like feeling the pain and uh, suffering of Lord Ram because he Ram is feeling separation from Sita. So he is just serving Ram to calm him down and then keep him uh, uh, going in the southerly direction so that they can mm -hmm. keep looking for uh, Sita. So he is always serving Ram and suggesting what should be done next and what should happen after that. Because Ram is totally lost. He is like feeling that separation too much. And Lakshman has to do that service. And he doesn't hold any grudge. It's, he is completely in the mode of service. Mm, how nice. And also shows how important friendship is uh, all the time, and especially in times when we may not be thinking so clearly due to whatever reason. Uh, of course, Lord Ram is the supreme personality of God, but still in this Leela, and we sometimes we need people to sometimes uh, walk with us, be with us, and help us to make a, a friend of my a friend of mine at work. Her husband just died suddenly of COVID-19, just was so sick for like two days, light fever, and then he just passed away. He was only in his 40s, and she just couldn't, you know. So myself and some of our colleagues were just trying to help her well, how to deal with the funeral, how to, you know, what do you have, how are you going to feed you and your two children, you know, and just try to help her with the practical things of life because that was just like the last thing on her mind. So good good friends do that for other good friends or good brothers in this sense so we had a unless there's something else that someone really wants to speak we had two other last points to make in the remaining 20 minutes um but if you like but i'm happy to continue this if anyone has another comment or question we have so many saintly people on this call well, then, the, the, I, I wanted to make a philosophical point that I was thinking of in terms of Sita Devi's decision to go with Lord Ram instead of staying in the much, much, much more comfortable palace. And it's related to this point in the second chapter of the Bhagavatam. It's a famous verse, Vasudeva Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayoji. Uh, that when one performs bhakti, then automatically renunciation and knowledge take enter one's consciousness. When 
One doesn't have to try to be austere separately, or it, it just comes automatically by the practice of bhakti. So Sita Devi, of course, is the emblem of bhakti. She's a uh, part of, she's uh, an incarnation, you could say, of Srimati Radharani. Um, and her, so her bhakti, her love for Lord Ram, she didn't think twice about, oh, I'm going to have to be in the forest and, and, you know, not sleep on this soft bed, but maybe sleep on the floor or, or eat, what, you know, whatever things are available in the forest instead of having so many cooks making all kinds of delicious. It just, it didn't enter her mind because of her bhakti and because bhakti was there because of her devotion was there um it just oh the austerity it wasn't it just renunciation just came automatically she didn't think about it because it just it, her love was so intense and the purport to this i just Prabhupada, this few a few sentences are just so is his um command of the English language is sometimes just amazing. He says, negation of the non-essentials does not mean negation of the essential. How do you like that for a sentence? Negation of the non-essentials does not mean negation of the essentials. Similarly, detachment from material forms does not mean nullifying the positive form. The bhakti cult is meant for realization of the positive form. And when the positive form is realized, the negative forms are automatically eliminated. Therefore, with the development of the bhakti cult, with the application of positive service to the positive form, one naturally naturally becomes detached from inferior things, and he becomes attached to spiritual to superior things. Similarly, the bhakti cult, being the supermost occupation of the living being, leads him out of material sense enjoyment. That is the sign of a pure devotee. He is not a fool, nor is he engaged in the inferior energies, nor does he have material values. This is not possible by dry reasoning. It actually happens by the grace of the Almighty. So the, the detachment from this world, and it, it comes automatically in, in, I don't know if we can see this, uh, but if we had two things, if this was the material and this is the spiritual, Usually in most spiritual practices, you have to put down the material and then pick up the spiritual. Okay. But in bhakti, what happens is by just picking up the spiritual, you automatically let go of the material. It's a one-step process rather than a two-step process. Right? So that this is the uh, such an important point. In, in the nectar of devotion, Rupa Goswami says that many people think that renunciation is like a prerequisite for spiritual life. But in bhakti, that's not the case. And a matter of fact, what's really interesting is if one is, has two of a renounced spirit, you know, I just, you know, I'm a tough guy, I, I don't need any material sense, it can actually be an impediment to the practice of bhakti because if one is too attached, from the emotional and sensual activities, he may not be inclined, he or she may not be inclined to bhakti um, because bhakti in, entails the active use of the senses and the active use of our emotions. So our focus primarily is on developing our uh, devotional practices 
And then automatically the other interest just kind of goes by the wayside. Of course, the famous verse for this is chapter 2, verse 59 of the Gita. Um, <coughs> That the embodied soul may be restricted from sense enjoyment. In other words, some might say, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want. But the taste for the sense enjoyment is still there. But ceasing such engagements by experiencing a higher taste, one is fixed in consciousness. And then, I won't read it now, I guess, but the purport is also a wonderful purport on the same point. So that's our focus. Prabhupada, of course, had us, when we take vows, had us uh, do the positive, the chanting of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, and take vows about the, the four, you know, do-nots, so to speak. But the emphasis on the ability, the strength to follow those vows comes from the higher taste, comes from bhakti. And, and Sita, of course, she's the supreme goddess of fortune, but she's showing this. No, just like, it, it, it's like the difference between vairagya and viraktir. These are two words that sometimes are translated as renunciation. But vairagya is kind of like, almost like, okay, I avoid the sense objects. And viraktir means I'm indifferent. It just doesn't, engaging in sense enjoyment just doesn't make any sense to me. And so for Sita Devi, she didn't think twice about how tough it might be because of she was her heart was just totally full of bhakti. So some thoughts on that? Questions, comments? I have a question or a, 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 a point to maybe discuss. Okay. Um, sometimes in a relationship, the good things that we see in one another uh, makes things run smoothly. The good thing is you're not speaking so loudly, but I can hear you. Go ahead. The good things that we see in one another will make things run smoothly in that relationship. But uh, the, the where things start uh, uh, deviating away from that smooth relationship is when we start noticing the limitations or the defects in one another. Right. So that's what takes the relationship off the track. Uh, so maybe if we can discuss something about that, it would be beneficial to me and maybe people on the call and who listens to them. Okay. Devi, you want to do that one? I'll, um, I'll say a few things. Um, that's a good question. You really never get to know somebody and their good and bad parts until you live with them. <laughs> so very often we go into our relationships or our marriages very optimistic. Um, and then, you know, things, uh, we see things that we didn't expect to see. Um, but I think that's what commitment and vows means. It's the same with a spiritual practice. We take a vow to chant 16 rounds, and some days you may not really want to do that. Um, so the same in relationships. You may see something or be surprised or put off or very disturbed by certain attitudes and behavior that we didn't ever see before in your significant other. Um, and so you have to address it at some point, depending on how bad it gets. You have to see how it's affecting you. You know, again, it's like relationship, it takes two, and it takes conversation, and it takes intentionality, and it takes, whoa, wait a minute. It takes understanding. It takes 
um, not jumping to conclusions or having assumptions about the person. It really means I'm getting to know this person and um, this is something I didn't expect and so let's talk about it. So expect imperfection. We're not perfect. Nobody is. Expect growth. We don't grow or change or deepen unless we have to face difficulties in our own self. Very often a relationship will bring out the worst in us. And if we're ready to face it, because you're un suddenly your life's not alone, you are who you are in relationship to another. And if you um, are ready to own that, have some radical responsibility around yourself um, and are able to you know, grow and change and become a better person because of what shows up in the current of your life at different times in your relationship, then your relationship is is good for you and it's it's good for each other. And I think the important thing is not to kind of put it under the mat or tolerate. We used to have a saying between us, myself, my husband, like grit teeth, right? Like, Ugh. Um, but at a certain point, you have to, you know, say, we have to talk about this. Um, if it's becoming, if you can sense tension. And sometimes it's just because a person is tired or sometimes something silly like you never, you always leave your dirty dishes in the sink and it starts to drive you nuts. Or sometimes it's simple things, sometimes it's, it's, it's deeper things. Um, sometimes things show up in our life that, we ourselves are surprised by it ourselves, what to speak of the other person. So I think just kindness, again, it comes back to this point of affection, uh, this, this understanding that we're in this for the long run. And at the beginning, which is another point for friendships or, or sangha outside of your relationship, but at the beginning learning that it's going to be a bumpy ride. There's going to be twists and turns. Um, but we're committed to, to working through them, that I don't expect perfection from you and you don't need to, ex you know, you shouldn't expect perfection from me, but you can have authenticity and honesty and care, care to change or um, care to become a better person, a better devotee, a better citizen of this family and of the world. I didn't take your question to be necessarily about the marriage uh, relationship, I thought it was more general. And so I was going to say something about um, about trust, because that is such a key in a relationship. So if you think of a person that you really trust, and then if you think about a person that you really don't trust, and then you think about, let's say they both exhibited the same not-so-great behavior, how you would take that differently depending on the person. With one person, you say, oh, it's all right, uh, you know, you know, don't think twice about it. Like I, I was thinking of, uh, two, uh, I was talking yesterday with Yogeshwar Prabhu, a good friend of mine, and we were talking about a, a third person. I won't, I won't mention the name. And we were saying how he's the kind of person, when you know him and you understand, you know, his good and not so great sides, you just, you just take it and you love, you know, you just love the guy. But those who see the same behavior and the same qualities don't know him, don't have that trust, just really think he's, you know, bad associate or just, you know, not the greatest person to be with. So, you know, I was just thinking about how important uh, trust is in how we see 
see the world. I was also ta uh, talking to my son about this just the other day that, you know, it's so important in a Vaishnava community, if we could have a small group of people that we deal with, that we have enough trust um, and that we feel safe and we can open up to even I have this shortcoming, I have that shortcoming. And we don't just say, no, no, that's okay. We actually challenge them and say, no, you know, you really need to work on this, Prabhu. And that's a more, you know, my wife used the word authentic. That's a more authentic kind of uh, sangha. Uh, my son was saying that one of his, one of his friends said, Gopinath, if I knew it was my, what was it, David? If, my, if I said it was my responsibility to help Gopinath go back home, back to God in this life, the quality of our discussions with each other would be different. He said that, right? You know, if it wasn't just like, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's all right. How are you doing? Well, the weather's a little, it's raining today. You know, but it's, you know, there's times when it actually gets really real. I don't know if that helps Raghunandam Prabhu. Yes, Prabhu. Both two different perspectives from both of you. So thank you for that. Um, and as Ananda Vrindavan Mataji was mentioning, um, it's important to talk. Um, the talking also like can be at multiple levels. So if we really sit down and uh, address the concerns of both the parties in that relationship, then that talking is quite good. But if that talk doesn't happen, then there are other talks that happen between the two persons in the form of yelling at each other or just talking a fight and so on. So that kind of talking doesn't help. But because even in that second kind of talk, whatever we wanted to express comes out, but it comes out in a more punishing manner or in a more abusive manner. Um, you don't get it kind of a thing rather than sitting as adults and uh, talking things out and expressing the concerns that each person has. So thank you for mentioning that point. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, would, I would just add to that. These can be really painful and difficult moments in relationships, you know, um, and it's not just talking, it's listening. And I think learning how to listen, yes. learning how to ask the right questions, um, and really, again, coming down to, I care about us. I care about this. Something's not right. And being, you know, how in that way, pain is our friend. You know, pain just is like something's out of balance. Something's not right here. And do we care together to, you know, make an effort to, you know, rescue this relationship or rebalance things, uh, whether it's individual, whether it's a community, whether it's wherever it is. And that takes actual courage, you know, because sometimes it's just easier to back off and just be detached, be a little transcendental. Sometimes also um, waiting for a while until emotions have calmed down or saying we'll talk about it tomorrow. You know, sometimes letting things run its course has its place. So it's, it's, it's a sensitivity needed all around, but certainly um, listening and listening with some uh, intentional questions uh, can can be really powerful as a way to heal and move forward. Yeah, I agree. Reminds me of uh, a small pastime from Ramayan concerning Sita and Rama. At one point of time, when they were living in the Dandaka forest, uh, Sita mentions this. This comes in Valmiki Ramayana itself. 
that I never knew that my father uh, married me to a woman. That's a statement that Sita makes towards Lord Ram. <laughs> and he doesn't immediately go off uh, erupting like a volcano and say, oh, my ego has been hurt and I will prove it to her. And he doesn't do that. But little later on, uh, when 14,000 soldiers under Ravan, uh, Surpanaka brings them to attack Ram, Ram tells Lakshman, take Sita away to a safe place. And single-handedly, he fights with all of them and finishes them off. So he was responding to that statement of Sita and then he was showing his uh, masculine Kshatriya quality that I will just take care of them by myself. But he was not getting into a confrontation. So I like the way that even Sita, like she was not like insulting him, but she was conveying a point to Ram and how Ram listened to it and took it. And he also showed Sita that, okay, I'm not just a woman that uh, like you think to me be. And let me show it now. So he did that in a very gentle <laughs> way to Sita, but not, not the, the 14,000 soldiers did not feel <laughs> that gentleness. <laughs> well, what a nice way. Maybe that's a nice note to end on. But we thought, uh, David, did you, we thought we would show the pictures of Sitaram Lakshman Hanuman's installation again? Yeah. And I just have, will also end with a nice meditation on Sita. Um, that there are, um, uh, actually, well, first of all, Prabhupada really wanted, he approved of having, um, Sita and Ram come to the temple. He said, um, I can't find oh, yeah. it. Sita Ram. See if I find that quote. Okay. Prabhupada says, as far as your desire to have Sita Ram deities, it is a good idea, but you should wait for some time. First, see that you have sufficient brahmanas who are very well trained and qualified. Then you can consider to install, install Sita, Ram, Lakshman, and Hanuman. They are the ideal king, and it will be very suitable that they reign over the capital of America. <laughs> so that was in 1976. So they got the deity shortly after that, and they remained upstairs in the closet in the yellow house on the hill for many years until they were finally installed in 1981. But here's um, a couple of nice meditations on Mother Sita, if I can find some. Uh, in this beautiful article by Vishaka Devi that she wrote about Sita Devi many years ago, she describes um, Sita's open-heartedness and Sita's gratitude. Um, so we can meditate on those. Uh, put these into the pockets of your heart. Um, take away with you today. As Sita, Ram, and their soldiers are returning to Ayodhya, they reach Kishkinda, the home of the monkey warriors who assisted Ram in defeating Ravana. Sita says, I would be pleased if I could return to Ayodhya in the company of all the wives of the monkey chiefs. Ram stops the chariot, the monkeys quickly get their wives, and when everyone has returned and is seated, they continue on their way. And Sita's gratitude. After the coronation of Sita, Ram, Sita wants to give Hanuman something as a token of her appreciation 
for all that he did for her. She unclasps the necklace that Ram has given her and then looks at him. Understanding her intention, Ram asks her to give the necklace to Hanuman and she happily places it around his neck. Shri Sita Devi Ki. Jai. Shri Sita Ram Lakshman Hanuman Ki. Jai. Jai.